0: everyone and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. We are getting it going early this morning. I am about as as fresh as that uh, McDonald's cheeseburger I got on the way home last night after bartending. I'm ready to roll though. I'm joined by JC. I'm very happy on, man. How you doing?
1: Good, Emerson. How are you? I'm, I'm happy that, uh, that you're able to get out of bed this morning and we're going to talk a little Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, Super Bowl action and some Dynasty stuff. So always a good morning.
0: Uh, yeah, well, we're on the same boat. You have a kid. I bartend. But you're actually in a worse boat than I am. You're, you're running on less sleep than I am over a long period of time. So I'm, I'm going to try to suck it up here and get going here. I just got to give a quick shout out to WinBet before we start talking about the, that Super Bowl stuff, though. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same gay parlays, a.k.a. WinBets Build Your Own Bet deep and um it is now brought to you in arizona colorado indiana louisiana michigan new jersey new york tennessee and virginia as well from sa- same gay parlays to live in-game odds win bet has what you need to win sign up today bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamingpodcast.com slash win we're also brought to you by sgpn's big game squares contest $1,000 prize pool and completely free to enter just go to sportsgamingpodcast.com squares to enter today and if you're going to be out in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out SGP's live show at the Ainsworth Thursday, 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamelypodcast.com big game. And last thing I'll throw at you, we are giving away a signed Kenneth Walker jersey in the, uh, in the little subsection below there. You can just give us a five-star review on the Apple podcast, and then they'll be doing that uh, drawing on Super Bowl Sunday. All right, my man, you know I'm excited to talk about the Super Bowl, though, this Sunday. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Philadelphia Eagles. I'm from Kansas City. I've lived in Denver for ten years, but I grew up in Kansas City for eighteen years. So obviously, I'm a big Chiefs fan. I'm a little biased here, so you know, maybe maybe we'll kick off to you for some un- unobjective or objective analysis, I should say.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're living behind enemy lines there in Denver, being a Kansas City Chiefs yes, fan. That's, that's that's pretty that's pretty <laughs> fun. Uh, it's interesting. Like we were talking about it a little bit before before the show. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're somehow an underdog. I don't know. I think, for the most part, if you look at their, if you look at their their rosters overall, I would say the Eagles probably have an advantage in most facets of the game. The only advantages they don't have are the quarterback and the head coach, and I think those are the two most important positions. Well, head coach is in a position, but it's the most tactical advantage, uh, so to speak, for an NFL team. I, you watch Sirianni on the sideline, I. I just don't know if he's a Super Bowl like winning coach. I don't know. Like the the headline is Andy Reid going up against his former team, team that fired him, team that he gave, you know, a lot of years to being the head coach of and turning that team into a playoff relevant team for a an organization that didn't have any playoff success. I don't just some part of me is like I just refuse to believe that Andy Reid loses this game and that Patrick Mahomes won't lose this game. I'm 27 years old, so Patrick Mahomes is around my age. And I would like to see him win like another Super Bowl to yeah. Well because he's he's our generation's Brady in in many ways, you know? Like I want him to win multiple Super Bowls because I will get to say when I get older and I my hair turns gray, I got to see one of the best to ever do it. I got to see Brady, but I'm a Steelers fan, so he tortured me for a good two decades we won two super bowls in that time one of the seasons though he tore his acl he wasn't even playing so for for by and large yeah the Steelers always had good teams but i knew whenever we played the patriots that it was just not going to end well so while the eagles may have a better roster i just don't know how they're going to stop patrick mahomes he'll do patrick mahomes stuff and i think they they'll win a close one i think it'll be like a 31 27 ish game but i i got the chiefs
0: i like it um yeah i i agree with you there i think there's a gap between mahomes and the rest of the quarterbacks in this league i think he's in a tier by himself yeah We're, we have have an advantage at tight end you know travis kelsey is going to be mm-hmm. a cheat code out there you know and and another big thing you know i think the best defensive player on the field will be chris jones this week that guy was an animal last week um just devastating joe you know i i was very happy to see you know Joe Burrow and Josh Allen; these last couple playoff runs, man, they they've just been, we've been breaking tackles back there. Chris Jones and Frank Clark have been right there. They have shrugged them off. They made some big plays downfield after extending the play. That didn't seem to be the case last week. You know, they were playing against some backup offensive linemen, but Chris Jones dominated the way he should. Frank Clark got a sack. Um, our rookie, uh, Kalafkas, uh, got a sack too. I always mispronounce his name. Kalafkas, um, yeah, yeah. Kalafkas, yeah. He was yeah. um he was very good too. So. I'm excited to see this game. Uh, I yeah, I think it could be a little bit lower scoring than some are anticipating. I think the defense has come to play. Jalen Hurts hasn't quite looked the same off that shoulder injury. So I'm predicting maybe somewhere 24-21 Kansas City Chiefs. I love this spot being an underdog, though. That doesn't happen too often for Patrick Mahomes. I, I love that talk last week. I think it helped us against the Bengals last week. So I'm fine going into the underdog, but I'm rolling in somewhere 24-21
1: all right yeah sounds good i i hope they i hope they win too i think i think it'll be a better a better story i'd like to see andy reed stick it to philly i love it
0: yeah you know we, we, nobody wants to see obnoxious philly fans win it anyway you know they throw snowballs at santa claus that's not fun you know what i mean <laughs>
1: nobody likes them and they don't care
0: I yeah, you know, and I I already saw them. You know, I see them online. You know, I mean, like, where's the fight? You know, where's the fighting? They're looking for something from the Kansas City. You know, everybody makes fun of Eagles fans, so they're used to it. But they're like, what's the what's the deal? No, Kansas City fans aren't coming at us or anything like that. You know, unless unless you're Bronco fans or you know you're you're the Bengals and your mayor is saying that Patrick Mahomes needs a DNA test or something like that. You know, in which case we will come after you after the game.
1: But what a a jabroni!
0: (laughs) What a jabroni! Yes, exactly. But. So but if you're respectable, you know, at least to us, I won't have much to say to you probably before or after the game. So, yeah, absolutely. With with that, you know, it is dynasty fantasy football season. You know, it is that, you know, the people paying attention to fantasy football right now are usually the dynasty people, the hardcore people that never stop paying attention. So with that, I figured we'd do some dynasty fantasy football. Great advice today. Before we get into that, I'm just going to do one more quick shout-out to our friends at WinBet who provide this show for us. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast and the, the Sports Gambling Fantasy Football Show. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now. WinBet, ready to play, sign up today, and receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest longship parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much truth from All you have to do is head over to Sports Gambling slash WinBet so they know we sent you. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, if you're out, if you're going to be in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out SGP's live show at the Ainsworth Thursday, 11 a.m. Register at sportsgamelinkpodcast.com slash big game. The show is free, and you'll be able to watch the show and have drinks with the guys. That's sportsgamelinkpodcast.com slash big game. All right. I figured we'd start off with the quarterbacks, though, today. Uh, I put I put my list in there for you, so I was curious what you thought about some of these guys. I tried to find some kind of polarizing players, some ones that you know I had written about recently. That you know the consensus is definitely not there. Um, first guy I had up here was Trey Lance, though, and I'm curious about your thoughts here. You know, we just saw Brock Purdy go out with a UCL injury. He's not projected to be ready till sometime in probably in the middle of the summer, June, July area, and yeah, so it's about a six month recovery timeline. He was the last pick in uh, the draft. People were kind of you know, thinking that he was going to walk into the starting job next year. I I don't think that is the case anymore. What, what what, are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because if the 49ers do win that NFC championship game, if he stays healthy and they somehow pull it out, they get to a Super Bowl. Now you're talking about, okay, well, they just got to a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, a quarterback. Trey Lance has played, well, like five, six games as a, as a 49er, so... Purdy's probably dressed and played more games as a 49er than Trey Lance, and he's only been in the league for one year. Trey Lance got drafted in that that Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence draft and stuff. I I just um I just don't really see how we go into next season and Trey Lance isn't the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And if you look at the success that Brock Purdy has enjoyed as the 49ers quarterback, I don't see how Trey Lance can't at least do the exact same thing. As Brock Purdy. Now, the only caveat I will give is that because he's a mobile quarterback and because Kyle Shanahan wants this mobile quarterback in this offense, does he open up the playbook and he makes things a little more complex and a little more complicated for a guy that's only played six games over the last three seasons? Because that last college season, he only played like the one dress rehearsal game at North Dakota State, and then he didn't really play because of the COVID year. So that's not a ton of game time to play to develop your game and it's a lot of this stuff like you kind of have to see it like it's not just watching film you have to be out there you have to go through your progressions you have to do things to elevate your quarterback play i do think trey lance is ultimately a buy um i've gotten a lot of trade a lot of trade uh advice from or people like asking what they what we should value trey lance at in this rookie class i've done a ton of Rookie stuff over the last. I'm I'm big into Devi, so I, I've been following these guys for uh, a number of years now. I think Trey Lance probably slots in if you could get him for like the 106. You know, if you get him for like a 106 and then like a late second or something like that, that's like a risk that I'm willing to take for to buy Trey Lance at this point. It's so like 208 on probably something like that. It's so like a mid first, late second. I think that's something that I'd be willing to buy Trey Lance for and just. Hope that Kyle Shanahan could do what he did with Brock Purdy with him.
0: Yeah, that was even more than I thought. You know, I've I've been trying to maybe, you know, late first, late second, you know, try to send that offer out. Um, You know, I'm sure if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt, he probably would have even been a better buy low, honestly. But, you know, I think a lot some people are going to expect that now. But Brock Purdy, you know, I there's just zero chance i think that he's able to hold you know he's not gonna he's not you know he's not gonna be practicing until june or july and there's i just don't think there's a chance that san francisco when he just his first day back they're like well welcome back starting job you know walk in first string you know what i mean so i think it'll be trey lance you know he'll be operating the offense in mini camp and early practices i think they'll roll you know and he's not going to look he's probably not going to look terrible in shorts you know you know what i mean so he's probably going to be the week one starter what what he will be on is probably a short leash. You know, if Trey Lance goes in and struggles next year, they probably will go to Purdy pretty quickly. So, you know, that is the negative. If you're, you know, it is a little bit of a risk. That's why, you know, that's why he's a buy. But, um, yeah, could could be on a short leash next year. But we saw with Justin Fields that you don't, with these rushing quarterbacks, you know, somebody is, you know, kind of who's in that Justin Fields stratosphere, you know, you don't need a lot of passing production to even be fantasy relevant, really. And, you, you it's brand, you know, the Chicago offense and the San Francisco offense are a lot different. You have some of the best players in the league on the San Francisco offense. So, you know, Trey Lance just dumping off to Christian McCaffrey is going to have a lot of success, a lot of games. So Trey Lance is a great buy for me right now. Although, yeah, like I said, if he struggles and if he struggles next year, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he's a better fantasy quarterback than an NFL quarterback. I could see them going back to Brock Purdy, though. Next man up here is another mobile quarterback. I have Lamar Jackson as my next man up here, and it just not, has not been the same for Lamar Jackson the last few years. Uh, outside of quarterback 12, Torrey, the last uh, two years, then quarterback 10, 2020, ever since that MVP year, he's still being treated as a top six, seven dynasty quarterback in, in most people's rankings. Now, you're not going to be able to sell him to everybody. There are people who, you know like me, who are a little bit nervous, well aware, but you know there, he has people who love him. There's going to be somebody who's willing, you know, he's going to be ranked can probably consistently top six, top seven quarterback next year. I think you can still get very good value for Lamar Jackson. That's why I'm suggesting him as a sell. You can still get top seven rate quarterback value. And this is the last year you might be able to do it because if he struggles again next year, if he does not meet the expectations next year, his value will drop in dynasty leagues. You know, so he's he's right up there. You know, he's not in that Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's not in that Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes tier right now, but he's probably right in that second tier, maybe towards the bottom of that second tier right now. But so I still think you can get a lot of value for him. And I think he is somebody that, you know, if I have him on my rosters, I'll be shopping this offseason. What do you think?
1: I like it. Yeah, I um. There's another guy that we're probably gonna be talking about here in a couple minutes that I think you could employ the same kind of strategy with Lamar Jackson, as opposed to, to this guy as well. Yeah, I think if you could if you could go to the team that has the one Oh two or the one Oh three in the rookie draft and trade for what would probably most likely be Bryce young or CJ Stroud, unless Anthony Richardson does get the draft capital um, you could probably trade for the one Oh two or one Oh three. And then like an impact wide receiver two, wide receiver three, maybe like an RB two. If you need that too. Um, I just think there's better ways to turn Lamar Jackson into another, another quarterback that's young. That'll be controlled in his contract for five years, probably. And you could get something that could also help your team. So I I like the idea of selling Lamar Jackson, actually.
0: Yeah, it's just like I said, just has not been the same last couple. You know, it's obviously not all his fault. Injuries have played a part in it. you know, receive, you know, Baltimore is kind of like Green Bay. They just never give this man any receivers to throw to and after Bateman went out last year, it just, you know, there was nobody to throw to on the outside. Lamar Jackson only had seven touchdown passes after week four, after having ten in the first three games. Um, the wheels just kind of fell off for of that offense. You know, there was they had Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson out there. And I could tell you as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I was I felt really bad for him. That was that was on <laughs> those guys, man, gave me nightmares when they were playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of times, specifically Demarcus Robinson, who you know, I, I don't want to be mean, but I sometimes that, you know, he's I think he might maybe makes teams worse. You know, <laughs> like when a team signs him, I'm like, oh, no, like they just got worse. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. And it's so, crazy uh, that they signed Demarcus Robinson. He's probably like their second best wide receiver on the team.
0: That's so. that's not good. Trust me. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, when he was playing for Kansas City. I, I every play, every, you know, every game was a boneheaded play. Don't please do not get him on punt or kick return. For God's sake, please do not do that, Baltimore. But we'll see. I, I'm sure that they'll be in better shape next season. But uh, we we better hope for Lamar Jackson's sake. But some of the names that I had written down here was Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, and CeeDee Lamb. And I think you could probably get an add-on for all those players. You know what I mean? So, yeah, specifically CeeDee Lamb, you know, I'd be looking for like a late 23 first on top. But I do have Deshaun Watson ahead of my dynasty rankings. And I also have Kyler Murray ahead of my dynasty rankings too. Uh, Next man up here, we'll we'll, we'll go to the guy that you were probably talking about here, uh, Kyler Murray. Is that who you were speaking of earlier? Yes. I – I'm a little bit on the opposite of Kyler. I think he's a great buy this offseason because of that ACL injury, because kind of, you know, that perception of where the Arizona offense is, you know, he's a video, he's a video game guy. Everybody makes fun of him for that. And, you know, the kind of contract stipulation that he has. So he has some bad PR right now that I think is depressing his fantasy value. Uh, you know, he's probably ranked in a low quarterback one in dynasty leagues right now, but he was seventh in fantasy points per game last year. He's coming off an ACL. So, he maybe not start the season, start off the season a little slow, one of those two. But uh yeah, I you know, Tyreek Hill, Christian McCaffrey, a mid 23 first and a mid-23 second were some of the trades that I had written down. Uh what, what are you what are you doing with Kyler Murray this offseason?
1: Yes, yeah, so something very similar to Lamar. I think one of the things that's most concerning to me is that that Cardinals head coaching job still has not been filled. So they're I know they just hired Monty Austin for it and stuff, but you know he's he's been there now for a week or two. So all these other teams are kind of hiring head coaches. I know the Colts are still going through like their third round of interviews or whatever. But if you have Kyler Murray, who's a franchise quarterback, he's locked into this contract. How are there not head coaching candidates that are jumping at the bit to get this head coaching job to be working with Kyler Murray? That kind of says to me that people don't want to work with Kyler Murray. Now, I know he is a good fantasy quarterback because he's mobile. He could throw the ball. They're talking about moving DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. So he'll be left with Hollywood Brown and Zach Ertz, who's like 33 years old, who tore his ACL, and and, uh, Trey McBride, who they just drafted, but he couldn't get his way onto the field. And then when he did get on the field when Zach Ertz – was injured i i don't know if he really was playing at a high super high level i know he's a rookie tight end but it wasn't looking good for him either i i just i'm a little lower on kyler murray's outlook over the next couple of years given the fact that they have to pay him 46 million dollars a year i don't know who they're bringing in outside of the draft to kind of make up for that loss of production and deandre hopkins eventual departure from the team so I, I think I'd be looking for a similar Lamar Jackson kind of, you know, selling them off for the one hundred two, one hundred three, and getting like a wide receiver that, yeah, you're losing the name brand of Kyler Murray, but you're getting a guy that probably will put up similar production to Kyler Murray next season because he'll probably miss like a month with the ACL. And then after that, I don't know, you, you might have, you might have like a better quarterback on your hands. Look at the jump that trade that um, Trevor Lawrence took from year one to year two you know, sometimes these rookie quarterbacks make that jump and Kyler Murray will be another year older and maybe he's less mobile.
0: That's, that's fair. You know, I just think when I look at Kyler Murray still, you know, I, I, I just attribute a lot of those struggles to the Arizona offense last year. It just was a little bit of a mess. And I I just still thought saw a quarterback who was, you know, he he was playing very well, you know, he's, he's a little sporadic lately, you know, and he's not using those legs quite as much as he was the first couple of years, which is kind of limiting, limiting his fantasy upside just a little bit. But Just when I look at the quarterback landscape, you know, especially when we get outside, you know, 10 or 12 guys, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, you, you, uh, Kyler Murray's right there. You know what I mean? So I just don't see them making any changes anytime soon. You know what I mean? So I, I, as long as I see, you know, I see Kyler Murray starting, you know, these next few years and it, you know, probably for the foreseeable future, I think he's going to be very productive in fantasy football, you know. Maybe we'll have some critiques for him. Maybe he's not the best leader. You know, we've we've kind of seen that from his pat you know Patrick Peterson calling him out and stuff. You know, maybe he's not the best leader. Maybe he does play too many video games. Maybe some people don't want to work with him. However, for fantasy football, I you know, as long as long as he's starting in the NFL, which I think he will be for a long time, I think he's gonna have a lot of fantasy value. So that's where my head's at there. Hmm. The next guy I have up here, Kirk Cousins. I have this a big sell for me this offseason. And you know, it's not that he's ever commanded super great you know serious value or anything like that um he's kind of always been a little bit underappreciated in fact in, in fantasy football however you know i just think you know with some of the quarterbacks last year you know kind of struggling you know the eight you know some aging out um you know i just think you know he's right on probably the fringe of dynasty one quarterback territory in a lot of leagues you know top 12 that right on that fringe and you know, I just think this is the last year that you're going to be able to get that kind of value. You know, in super flex leagues, people are always looking for quarterbacks, especially for, you know, kind of this summer. I think Kirk Cousins will have a market for those people looking for a quarterback. And you'll be able to get maybe like a 24 first round pick or something for him. Uh, you know, late 23 first, Najee Harris, DJ Moore, um, adding for Deshaun Watson or some of the trades that I have listed here. But um, he's going to be, I believe, what did I have it? Oh, I didn't write it down. He's going to be 30. Five to start next season, I think. Somewhere around think. there, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I
0: think he's going to be thirty-five to start next season. um He's had a long career, the, he, you know, and he's had success with the Vikings, but they have not gotten over the hump, and, it, and you know, they've ran it back and they've ran it back and they've ran it back. You know, speculation that Kirk Cousins—it was light speculation—that you know he may call it quits this offseason I don't know. That probably wasn't even real, just kind of like, but it's out there. You know, I just don't see Kirk Cousins and the Vikings staying together for too much longer. There. They'll be on the field together in 2023. If they if they don't have a deep playoff run, though, I'm not sure it keeps going on after that. So if Kirk Cousins changes teams at 36 years old, he's not going to have a lot of dynasty value. He could retire. So yeah, this is my, you know, this is my like, kind of last chance sell opportunity for Kirk Cousins this offseason. I think you can probably due to the super flex kind of uh people always looking for quarterbacks, I think you can still probably get a first round pick for him, too. What do you think?
1: I like it. Yeah. Um, you know it's always better to get out on somebody a little too early than it is way too late. So like you're, like you're saying and looking forward to the 2024 class, you know, you're going to have Caleb Williams at quarterback. You're going to have Drake may at quarterback. You're going to have Quinn Ewers at quarterback. Jordan Travis at Florida state is another guy that could be coming up the ranks. Bo Nix at Oregon. So there, there are guys that are coming out of the 2024 class at quarterback that you could be looking to move Kirk cousins. The only way that you're keeping Kirk cousins is if you're a contending team. If you're a middle of the road team, if you're a rebuild team, you're obviously shipping him out. I don't think anybody's making a, a discussion about that. If you're if you're a contending team and you need a quarterback in a superflex league, I'd be okay paying a late first for for Kirk Cousins. That that's that's fine. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, but I definitely would not be going out and buying Kirk Cousins with the anticipation that over the next three years he's going to be a quarterback one in superflex. I just don't think that's going to happen. So I agree with you.
0: Yeah, it's I just think we're getting to the end. You know, how many times can you keep doing the same thing? You know what I mean? It kind of was like Kansas City Chiefs and Alex Smith. You know, obviously the Vikings don't have their replacement yet. But, you know, they, you could see them going in that direction. Even, you know, even if there's a second or third round quarterback, that's what they did with Kellen Mond. you know, a year or two ago. And obviously he didn't work out. But, um, you know, they could do that same thing. Draft a quarterback in the second or third round. See how he looks in practice. Give him a year to develop under Kirk Cousins and we'll see what happens. Last name I had up under the quarterbacks was Russell Wilson. I just think you know, I, I, you know he's, ah, you know it's really tough. He he's had a slow couple of years, but man, this was the guy who finished prior to the last two years as a quarterback, top ten quarterback. I think like eight straight seasons. So, you know he has a very strong career, of fantasy production behind him, and he's behind like Jared Goff and Geno Smith and Dynasty Football rankings right now. Um, he's top five quarterback in three of his final four games. A lot of weapons. Sean Payton was just hired. I think we could see a bounce back this year. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's going to jump back into elite quarterback one territory, but bounce back. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Greg Dolchich. I think you know a lot of weapons. Sean Payton, great off, you know, great offensive mind. What do you think? I think you know, I think we could see a bounce back, low end quarterback one season here in 2023.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the time to buy Russell Wilson, I suppose, was towards the end of last season with the Sean Payton bump. Um, I think he's going to be more valued than he was just like a week and a half, two weeks ago. So I have a home league that my quarterbacks are Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tannehill, I believe, were, were my three quarterbacks. And with the speculation that Rodgers could potentially be done at the end of 2022 and Tannehill getting injured, I was going to a playoff run. I paid a late first for Russell Wilson. I'm still comfortable paying a late first for Russell Wilson at this stage. I think, like you said, the last month of the season he had overall what qb5 finish or something like that um jerry judy when he's healthy is a great receiver Cortland Sutton isn't what everybody thought he was going to a lot of people were saying he'd be like the dk metcalf for this offense he's not even in the same ballpark in terms of overall talent as dk metcalf but i suppose he does fit like that kind of role for for this offense tim patrick coming back off the acl hopefully he could contribute something to the offense then Paused oh, he's back.
0: You paused for a second i was like oh no he's gone that oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, was just for like a second um no i totally agree with you um it's like that was silly last year uh jerry judy and Cortland set, like i i didn't get it i was just like what it's like I, you know i studied both guys for a long time i was like like how what, what and like they played together these last two years every time they're on the field together jerry judy has more points is more productive it just didn't make sense to me. They just, you know, people were like, Cortland Sutton's going to be better. I'm like, why? And, you know, until they got to practice, look at the practice videos. But there's Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson's throwing to Jerry Judy in practice too. But I, you know, it was very selective media taken, just like, just shove those Jerry Judy hype, hype videos way down here. Um, you know, and just all I saw was Russell Wilson throwing to Cortland Sutton last summer. I finally was just like, fine, I guess, I guess that's what it is. And then I ended up putting uh, Cortland I, my whole, I changed my rankings last second before the season, put Cortland Sutton just ahead of Jerry Judy. Mistake. I should have stuck with my gut. 20,
1: yes. 2021, Cortland Sutton, when Jerry Judy was out with the high ankle sprain, he had 16.7 points per game. When Jerry so, yeah, Judy yeah, but... was playing, he was the wide receiver 90 overall yeah. in fantasy football. He. When Jerry Judy's on the field, Cortland Sutton is a significant afterthought. And the argument was, oh, well, Russell Wilson's there now. They don't have Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball. The offense is different. When the difference is that drastic, I don't care like who's throwing the ball. One guy is clearly better than the other one. So yes. I've been a Jerry Judy guy since he came out when he's a prospect. He was my wide receiver one in the class. Obviously, Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb are better receivers in the NFL than him. But I think Jerry Judy's kind of been a victim of circumstance in a way in Denver, and hopefully with Sean Payton being there, he could unlock him the way that he unlocked Brandon Cooks and Michael Thomas for those Saints teams, and we could get Jerry Judy finally at the ceiling that we thought that he could be playing at. So that'd be fun for the 2020 receiver class overall as well.
0: Wide receiver 11 since week seven at fantasy points per game. That's
1: He's a great player. Nice,
0: not, yep, a nice and strong draft profile. We're going, to die. We're going to talk about him when we get to the wide receiver section. <laughs> yep. uh, before we get into the running backs, I'm going to do our last promo of the day. Just going to talk about our Big Game Squares contest. SGPN is giving away $1,000 in their Big Game Squares contest. It's completely free to enter. All you need to do is follow the Sports Gaming Podcast on Spotify and give them a rating. Then go to sportsgamingpodcast.com squares to enter for your chance to win a free Big Game Square. Big Game Bingo is also going on. And also make sure to sign up for that on the SGPN app and get your own big game bingo card full of all of your favorite big game prop bets. If you get bingo, you'll win a $57 SGPN gift card. Only catches you must be subscribed to the Sports Gambling Podcast and NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube to win free-to-play and exclusively on the SGPN app. Man, they are just giving away tons of stuff today. And don't forget about that Kenneth Walker jersey. Just throw in and review on that Spotify. Thanks, man. Uh, And you, yeah, you'll get a chance to win. And yeah, they'll be doing that drawing on Super Bowl Sunday. All right. Running backs it is. I have the first name I have up here. And this is kind of a classic. I'm cheating, you know, old running back selling Christian McCaffrey. But when I see a running back entering his seventh NFL season and he's still a top five dynasty running back, that's going to be a sell for me. You're not, he's not going to have a market to everybody. You know, some, you know, I'll, I'll get people yelling at me, you know, being like, he's, you, you can't get proper value for Christian McCaffrey. He's you know, such and such, he's older now. He's going to, he's a great player. Just write him out. I disagree. You know, I think there, you know, especially when we get closer to the season, June, July, August, when people are looking for running backs, you know, I think, I think you can get good value for Christian McCaffrey. If you're trying to trade for a 23 first and peak hype season, yeah, you know, that might, you might not get great value for him, but if you're draft, if you're wanting to go for wide receivers instead, if you want to maybe uh, look for 24 picks, I think you can get a lot of value for Christian McCaffrey still. Uh, I had DK Metcalf, I had Kyle Pitts, and I had a late 23 first and 24 first as some of my possible trade targets. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're, I don't know how many mock drafts you've done so far for Superflex mocks and stuff. I we typically at Dynasty Domain we do one probably like once a week. Um, he's consistently going in the mid to late second round. Wait so in dynasty startups, so he's still being valued very highly. I think it all that's depends super flex? on, yeah, superflex.
0: Oh, yeah. that's way too early for me. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I, I think he's still a very highly valued asset. A um, little inside baseball for me, kind of, I have, I have a team that I was rebuilding, but now I'm heading into, what I believe could be a contending year. So I went out and paid Kenneth Walker and a 24 second for Christian McCaffrey and a 24 first. Um, So the reason why I did this was because I believe that Christian McCaffrey will give me more production in 2023 than Kenneth Walker will give me.
0: I I see, I see where your head's at with that one. And then then you're going to have a first to to build off of that. I I see where your head's at. I like that.
1: But you get to you get to give the argument. Well, well, Kenneth Walker is twenty three. You know he's coming off like a great rookie season. He's got his entire career ahead of him. Christian McCaffrey, you got you could say that he's got like one or two years left, and that that might that might be it. Um, yeah, I you know I don't know if he's really a buy because at those prices, like I just said, I don't know any team that's drafting him there or values him there and is willing to sell. And any team that is looking to sell obviously wouldn't want a running back. That's heading into year seven of his contract. So he is like in like that gray area kind of, I I guess if I had to pick a side, I would probably want to sell him, but that's typically the case with, with most running backs.
0: Yeah. Especially this time of year. So I always feel like I'm cheating a little bit. Everyone's just like, Oh, pick the old running back to sell in January. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, no one's buying. Well, you're right. You know what? I do admit Christian McCaffrey is probably not someone you could sell today. But this is someone who I will be as soon as we get past the draft, as soon as we start getting to the summer, if, if he's still on my team, I will be looking to, see, you know, put out some offers out there at least. Next up, though, I have Najee Harris. He's one of my favorite buys of the offseason. You know, it just I just think he got a little bit of an unfair shake last year. Liz Frank's uh, sprain, I think, is what they called it in the preseason. Uh you know, and then he was adjusting to a new quarterback too that wasn't getting him anywhere. So yeah, this is perfect. You're you're a Pittsburgh stand so you I'm, I'm interested Man. to hear your thoughts. So, um, you know, obviously Kenny Pickett didn't give him anywhere near the target load. You know, it was just dump off to Najee Harris, Ben Roethlisberger. No one did not no part of getting hit in 2021. Just like get it to Najee Harris. You know, throw it out there. So I see him behind DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, and Tony Pollard in dynasty rankings. I would swap any of those guys out for Najee Harris personally. Uh, I think he's going to get a really high workload next year. So, yeah, I just, I, you know, I think they're going to keep the ball. Can of pick his hand? I didn't see, you know, I yeah, I think he started off the season last year slow because he wasn't very healthy. You know, I, he got more and more of the snap. You know, Jalen Warren was working in at that point, and then Najee Harris, like, kind of took back control a little bit towards the end of the season. Uh, top 15 running back for the final five games. Yeah, I, I like Najee Harris this year. What do you think?
1: Yeah, he was the RB7 from weeks 10 to 18, so their bye week was week 9. Um, and then when they came back from the bye week, I think his foot was finally feeling better and he was able to cut more on it and not be just a plotter, just running it right into the right up the guards ass, so to speak, for like three <laughs> yards, you know, so it was rough for the first couple of months of the season. You know, he definitely did not look like the dynamic athlete that that he can be at his size, given that he's six one, two forty. 240, so. I mean, you're talking talking about a guy that... Yeah, he had 93 targets his rookie season, so that was insane. Like, that probably wasn't going to happen again. But I do think that he adds a little bit in the receiving game as well. You're talking about a guy that was an RB3 as a rookie and overall in fantasy football. Like you said, for those guys that are valued over him, DeAndre Swift has never been an RB1 his entire entire fantasy career. So I don't personally... And he's not even the starting running back. So I, I don't see how... You could value him over Najee Harris when they've been out on the field now for multiple years. DeAndre Swift for three, Najee for two, and Najee has been far more productive than, than DeAndre Swift. He actually plays through injury as well. DeAndre Swift gets injured every single year and misses three to four games with a shoulder injury, leg injury, concussion, whatever have you. He's not he's not the player that Najee Harris is, and everybody wants to make him out like that because He could catch a ball and run 60 yards, and that's not really a Najee's game. But Najee, for a Steelers running back, they want the bell cow running back. So Najee's going to continue to get the work. He's going to continue to be productive. People don't like the fact that he's not super efficient because he has had like 3.8 and 3.7 yards per carry his first two years. It doesn't matter when you get like 250, 300 carries. You know, like volume is king when you're talking about running back, and Najee Harris is still – a young 24 years old at the running back position. So he's a buy for me as well.
0: Um, yeah, you know, it's it's just, you know, I'm not sure he's gotten 100% fair shake at these last couple of years. You know what I mean? It's, it's Ben Roethlisberger who, you know, teams were focusing on Najee Harris then. And then last year, the, the offensive line wasn't, wasn't great. And, you know, you have Kenny Pickett, a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I don't think he got a fair shake. I'd like to see what he does this year, especially with uh, Kenny Pickett uh, developing. We do have a question here jumping in. 12 teams, Superflex, half PPR. I have Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, DK, uh, London, Brees Hall, Javante Williams, Pat Friermuth, 1-1, 1-4, 2-1. DJ Moore and Swift for 1-4 and 2-1 thoughts. I, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think that's – who's going to be there at the 1-4, you think? Is that going to be the third quarterback? I like Jameer giver, Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, probably. That's what oh. I was, my last thing was going to be, so yeah. – yeah, that's what what do you think of that trade?
1: So for me that puts an evaluation of Swift for the 104 and DJ Moore for the 200. I almost had
0: I almost had the opposite. I almost had you the opposite. Thought. I almost okay. flipped it. I almost flipped it, but yeah, for sure I, 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 that's what I, my first thought was too.
1: So I think either way I don't think either one of those players are worth the 104. So Yeah, I, that's I, I, the 104 lead, is the best asset in the deal. Yeah, I would lean 104 and 201 especially in this class. I mean, I do at least one rookie mock a night, probably. Um, The 201 is going to be a very good player Um, and a player that will probably gain value over the next year. Uh, I mean, DJ Moore is getting Frank Reich as his head coach now. God only knows who their quarterback is going to be. Frank Reich is supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. I don't know. It really hasn't worked out the last couple of years. And now he's on another stint now with a team that also doesn't have a franchise quarterback that he's just going to. Reach his hand into the fishbowl, so to speak, and pull out a pair of keys and hope that this guy is uh, going to be the franchise guy. I, I I just don't. I'm I'm out on DJ Moore. I think I, I think he's a perfectly fine wide receiver. Three, you know, maybe like wide receiver two. Like if he if everything works right for him, like on boom weeks. But yeah, I'll take the 104 and the 201 because they're just going to accrue value as the off goes on into May after the draft.
0: This is a tough one for me. This is pretty, this must mean it's pretty even because I I'm having, I keep going back and forth. The one four is the best asset in the deal, but I think the next two, you know, I think DJ Moore and Swift are the, ne- you know, two ones, the worst asset in the deal. So it's pretty even, man, that is just a lot of talent to give up. DJ Moore and Deandre Swift are very, very talented players, you know, and they just, you know, they haven't put together the fantasy, but man, if they like, you know, if they reach their potential this year, it's just like, Oh man, you know, that would, that would be rough. But, um,
1: Man, uh, I, it, I think it is. I think it is a fair trade. I just I don't see a world where the 104 and the 201 lose value over the course of the offseason heading into May. I do see a world where both DJ Moore and DeAndre Swift lose value, though.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think the two one's going to be a good enough player. But but he did ask, by the way, um, who do you think will be around the two one?
1: So you're looking at probably I would say three wide receivers that are definitely going to be off the board in the first round are JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston and Jordan Addison. I think Josh Downs could be available at the 201. I think KeSean Boutte could be available at the 201.
0: Uh, you think we get four you think we get four quarterbacks in the first round?
1: Yeah, I I, th- I do think we do um between okay, So that, that'll
0: push that'll push down some value for sure. Yep.
1: Between Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson um, I think all four of those guys are going to go in the first round. Richardson with his with his rushing upside, I have Richardson as my QB three in the class. I think he's, okay. I think he's ahead of, ahead of ahead, Levis. Ahead of Levis, I think he's definitely a mm-hmm. tier ahead of Levis. He's like three years younger than Levis. He's got virtually the same arm talent, except he's just significantly more mobile at the quarterback position. You watch, well, you watch Anthony Richardson highlights. I mean, you throw a Titans jersey on the guy, might be Derrick Henry running around on the, on down the sideline, like cutting up through the through the tackles and stuff so i'm excited about anthony richardson i think he he could potentially get some pretty good draft capital here and if that's the case i think he moves up the rookie boards even more but yeah i i think i like the 104 and the 201 but i I do agree with you i i may have been a little dismissive just because i'm not a deandre swift guy if you've listened to me talk about him at all so I right that's fair
0: I think, I think you convinced me. I think I I agree with that just because Gibbs is a very good player. And I think, yeah, you're still going to get a top five wide receiver or running back at the, at that two one, you know, so, you know, somebody, uh, you know, I expect probably three to four running backs, three to four wide receivers, four quarterbacks to go in that first round. So you'll still have a very good player there. So I will go, I think you're right. I think that pick package is just slightly ahead for me, but it is close. Thanks for the question, Jake. Um, next man up I had here was Tyler Algier. Um, Yeah, this is just a classic sell for me. Um, You know, what? in fact, I'll link I'll link up these two guys just together because my argument is the same. Tyler Algier and Damian Pierce. I have both up here as dynasty sells. Uh, Just mid tier draft capital, marginal talent, not elite athletic profiles. This is not; these aren't players that usually stick to a running back job for a long time. Usually, running backs, you know, are rotated through like crazy. Even the talented ones, and you know, the, the 2023 free agent class that is so deep, the 2023 rookie class of, for, for running backs is really, really deep. I think you're going to get players with better draft profiles than Tyler Algier and Damian Pierce available in that fourth and fifth round. Like, you know, just like Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier were drafted in the fourth and fifth round last year. I think you'll see running backs with, you know, better draft profiles, more athleticism available in the fourth or fifth round, which makes them, you know, their job is very volatile in my opinion. Um, you know, and, and, you know, some people might anticipate that. So their value, you know, could be a little bit on shaky grounds this year, Uh, you know, to, on the early off season, no one likes to trade for running backs in, in February and January for that reason. But, you know, they are very young and did have productive years. So they could have a market. Um, Damian Pierce obviously started off a little bit more hot, ended up getting injured. Productivity slipped a little bit at the end of the year. Tyler Algierd, on the other hand, finished very strong, top 15th running back, four straight games. I think you might have a little bit more, more of a market on him i was doing my way too early running back rankings last week and i had people posting in the comments where's tyler algier in the top 12 so i mean that that that's pretty crazy to me that that kind of talk already so um if people are on that um yeah i'll be shopping some tyler algier this year damian you know these guys are obviously if they stick if they end up holding on to the jobs in summer you know they'll have more value and and certainly at that point i'd be looking to sell them too what do you think
1: yeah, they're both. I, I think it's smart to, to lump these guys into the into the same category. I, you know, with the teams that they play on, those rosters have so many holes that do I think that they're going to take either the Falcons or the Texans? Do I think they're going to take a running back in the in day one or day two? I wouldn't because I don't think they need. That's not that the teams just,
0: Always do it, though. Like we always say that the teams end up doing it anyway. <laughs>
1: I do think they bring in a guy day three, bare minimum though. And they're yeah. probably the same level of talent. Like D- Damian Pierce is competing against Rex Burkhead and like Dario when for carries. Like obviously he was going to get the bulk of the work. I did look up Ty Algier though, just to see like some advanced metrics to see. Cause he, he had probably the quietest thousand yard rushing season that I could I can remember yeah. in, in recent memory. Mm-hmm. So he tied for third in yards after contact per attempt. His metrics are actually
0: very good. Tyler Algier, you go to player profiler, like it's bam, bam, bam. Whereas Damian Pierce, you know, the the underlying metrics suggest maybe he wasn't
1: that good. He was not very efficient with his work. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Ty Algier, on the other hand, was fairly efficient with his work. Mm -hmm. He tied Nick Chubb and uh, Ramondre Stevenson for yards after contact per attempt. He was 11th in missed tackles in the NFL, ninth in broken tackles and broken tackles for attempt. He was third in catch rate. He only had 17 targets, but third at the position and he tied Christian McCaffrey in yards per reception with 8.7 yards per catch. So if he's, if you could get like a early to mid second for either one of these guys at this point in time, I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. If you could buy him for like two 10 to two twelve, or maybe even like a third, because you give the same argument that, ah, he's a fifth round pick. He's they're going to draft somebody else. And, this guy's gonna be worthless. I think I'm I think I'm buying Ty Lier for that price. I, I still don't think I'm buying Damian Pierce for that price though.
0: I could see it. Yeah you know uh, if you know what I know I just put him as a sell. If you're ever going to buy these players now is the time. Mm-hmm. Right? Um if because the uncertainty you know people are afraid of the free agent class the rookies so if you ever were going to buy these players I would do it now, but, you know, it's just not part, you know, neither of these Tyler Algier was, you know, Tyler Algier. I do, I do have, I I think has a little bit of a brighter. He was more productive in college. Um, He is, you know, he his underlying metrics last year. You know, I was, I was looking through their player profile pages. You know, they have a great setup of all the stats and everything. I was like, Tyler Algier is like, bam, you know, just like breakaway run rate, you know, evaded tackles that everything was there. So um, it's still just, it's part of my process mid round running back coming off successful season. I trade him. Like that, that that's my mo that's my
1: model <laughs> yeah um, to be fair it's a good process typically they don't last you're talking about like a michael carter for instance from last season yeah. mm-hmm. how he was probably valued as a top 20 dynasty running back and then they draft Brees hall and the floor just give just drops out from underneath of them
0: so yeah that, that's that's the risk with running backs you know i try to go you know hero or zero for my running backs you know if i'm mm-hmm. going to pay up for a running back i want to pay for a really young and talented running back like i just uh, i just sent jalen waddle in the 111 or uh robinson you know one the one one but B. John robinson so um you know i it was that i was hot I, you know i just posted it to twitter and it, it got you know it got you know just people just really you know tons of traction on it just because i guess it's you know the rookie drafts coming up but i had a lot of people on both sides you know people are like great trade other people are like what you traded away a, young, a premier young wide receiver for a guy we don't even know where he's going yet and you added the 111 on top like what are you doing man so it was you know it's interesting so um I, uh, the running back position is always very strange in dynasty leagues how it's valued, uh, specifically in January and February. You know, so it's really hard to trade these guys. Uh, last up here, a uh, little buy, uh, James Cook over $700 purpose yards last year, second round draft capital. And You know, unlike these guys, some very good athletic measurables. So I'm, I like James Cook this offseason, whether you know. Some interesting, you know, it depends on who's got him, I guess. But, I, you know, I was throwing out uh, James Conner, late 23 second, maybe Dawson Knox. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so James Cook was my RB4 in the pre-draft process last season. I love James Cook as a talent. I think he went to a fairly crappy landing spot, considering that they just don't like to throw the ball to the running back and his best skill set is, bar none, his receiving ability. I I do have, like, a little bit of James Cook info for you here. So he had... 19 less targets than Devin Singletary, despite Singletary leading in routes run over James Cook, 318 to 109. So Singletary was targeted on 16.7% of his routes, as opposed to James Cook, who was targeted on 30.3% of his routes. So he tied with Christian McCaffrey for fifth in target percentage per, per route run. Devin Singletary's been in the bad. top five of the NFL the last two seasons in routes run at the running back position. So if you're telling me Devin is leaving or he's going into free agency, James Cook uh, towards the end of the season kind of came on and started getting more, more of the backfield work. Um, if you're telling me that James Cook is going to inherit half of that work, so go from like 109 routes run to 218 routes run, and then whoever they bring in because I think they will bring in a more traditional between the tackles runner because it's something they've just lacked over the last couple of years.
0: I think he maybe needs that too. I yeah. I, I, don't, I don't hate that for him.
1: Yeah, cause I mean he in college he worked with Zamir White, you know, and he was fairly efficient in the touches that that he received at Georgia. And I think it's probably better for James Cook's skill set that they should put him in the slot. They should put him out wide. They should put him in the shotgun and let him run angle routes and work these linebackers and use him as a receiving threat. Um he's a buy for me, definitely. Definitely. Made I think set. I
0: had him as I think I had him as my RB three last year. I was wrapping him at the one nine, one ten in rookie yep. draft. So I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm really hoping I'm hoping you're right. I uh yeah I thought you know and he was definitely getting more of the work at the end of the year. Singletary's a free agent. Um I don't think we're we're you know I don't think a, yeah a new running back's gonna hurt him because we're not expecting James Cook to be you know a top 12 running back. That's not what we're asking him to do. We're asking him to be a starting top 24 running back that we, you know, we can throw into our flex spot, throw into our RB two spot, feel okay about it, mm. especially in PPR league. So I think there's certainly a good chance of that last this year, you know, and it, man, he was very efficient. You know, I think I was looking at his yards per carry at the end of the year, just smoking Devin Singletary, you know, just very efficient in his carries. So I think he's going to get some more work next season too. Mm. Uh, we'll dive into the wide receivers now. Uh My first man up here, one of my my favorite buys of the offseason, DK Metcalf. Wide receiver 16 in PPR last year, but I don't think that really told the uh, full story. Um, You know, 1,048 yards, six touchdowns. Started off the year a little slow, though, you know, adjusting to Geno Smith. uh, But, man, and, you know, Tyler Lockett was, you know, out-targeting him at, you know, the first half of the season like he usually does. You know, Tyler Lockett, you know, just shocking us with his productivity. But the second half of the season, I think we really saw DK Metcalf seize a hold of that target share. Uh, You know, Lockett, I believe. You know, I I meant to write down all these ages, but Lockett, I believe is going to be 31 next season. I want to say 30. Um, I just think, you know, we're getting to that stage now where I know, I know people are going to be like, keep down Tyler Lockett, man. He does it every year. Eventually like we have to be right. Um, DK Metcalf did out-target him by a lot at the end of the year. We saw DK Metcalf dominate in that playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, we saw that chemistry with geno smith develop i think we see him as the clear alpha wide receiver one in seattle this year i think i'm predicting only his second top 10 uh, top 12 wide receiver finish of his career so i you know i did my way too early top 12 wide receiver rankings i had dk Metcalf in there and uh yeah i really think he's a good buy i have uh I have, you know, he's behind T. Higgins, Devontae Adams, and Stefan Diggs in a lot of dynasty rankings. And I I have him ahead of all those players in, in my rankings personally. you know, mid-23 first, Austin Eckler, I think are all possible trade options.
1: I like it. Yeah. I, I and I think I think there's another name on this sheet uh that you just mentioned, uh T. Higgins. I would I would sell T well, I, I would try to buy DK and plus for T Higgins 100%. Yeah. I think yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's a great buy and you know I, I just posted some dynasty buys dynasty sells on my on my Twitter as well and T Higgins was in the sell. Yeah, uh, I agree. For me mm-hmm. he's wide receiver 8 on keep trade cut. So he's ahead of Olave, Drake London, DeVonta Smith, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs. I'm not taking him over any of those guys. So I, I think he may be like one of the biggest sells in dynasty given where he's valued by the dynasty community, as opposed to what he actually produces. He's never had yeah. a wide receiver one season in points per game his entire career. It's been three years. I don't think it's going to start magically happening year four because we want to will it into existence. He's, he's a very good wide receiver too. Just like he's a yeah. very good wide receiver too on his actual NFL team. I, I love the person. talent. Yeah. I, great
0: talent. Yeah, he's he's so good. But like, yeah, he's he's inconsistent with Jamar Chase in the lineup because Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have such, you know, have such a rapport that, you know, every time Jamar Chase is on the field, he gets 12 plus targets. So, you know, yeah, at least T Higgins a little bit boom and busted. I totally agree with you. Like, I love T. Higgins, the player like, you know, I, you know, he's usually a player I would have. You know, I have him very high in my dynasty rankings. But yes, if he is the wide receiver eight, I think he's going to have to be traded to do that and then you're then you're running in a lot of risk then where's the situation you know it's certainly a spotty track record of wide receivers changing teams and being productive so there's just a lot of question marks at that point and so the only way for him to for me to for him to succeed you know we reach that ranking I think you know, we know we ended up we're, we'll, we'll talk about T Higgins ADK Metcalf we're jumping into the T Higgins one but uh yeah, yeah it's just yeah, if we're expecting him to be a top 10 wide receiver, I think that's too much with Jamar Chase in the lineup. He'll have to go to another team. And then, yeah, we're running into a lot of risk at that point. So mm-hmm. I actually had T. Higgins as one of my trades. Yeah, I just I just don't think he's going to finish as a wide receiver. One, I had DK Metcalf, Garrett Wilson is somebody I would certainly trade T. Higgins straight up for. I would even add a little bit, add a second round pick on top. Um, early 23 first, you know, I would certainly, uh, I would probably take Gibbs. Um, either the quarterbacks, of course, Bijan Robinson, and you know, I'd probably, you know, maybe the one, five, two or so, um, definitely a top four pick. I would be end up trading him for for that. So yeah, T Higgins, just a little bit boom and bust for me for a wide receiver. Uh, one, I yep. think you agree. And yeah, DK Metcalf, I just think, you know what? He's just such an Uber athlete and I, you know, he just looks, you know, he's the only guy, you know, if, if we can get a, you know, shirtless NFL team together, you know, if, who's the best it's DK Metcalf, Saquon Barkley and David Njoku, you know. Get your calendars ready. We can just you know go through those guys. So um, I love DK Metcalf this year. Yeah. So yeah, so you're you're buying DK Metcalf, I'm, I'm, selling T. Higgins.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm buying DK. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's one of those guys that like he is quarterback proof. So like in more or less like even when Geno Smith wasn't the 2022 Geno Smith, and he was 2021 Geno Smith, and everybody thought the floor would drop out from underneath of him, I, I believe DK was like wide receiver four cool. like over that month long period. So dk regardless of who's throwing the ball i'm not worried about it he'll find a way to catch a touchdown he'll find a way to take a slant route and break a couple of tackles and get that yards after the catch so he's one of the premier talents in in the league at at wide receiver and he looks like it guy looks like an absolute alien when he's on the field so he just absorbs tackles and you know he had like the, the injury concerns coming out of college but he's been fairly fairly healthy his entire nfl career um, knock on wood but um yeah, I, I love DK Metcalf. I think he's definitely a buy.
0: I remember. Do you play? In, do you play on Underdog at all? I don't.
1: It's not legal in Connecticut.
0: Oh man, I forgot. Yeah, Connecticut's one of the. Um, but uh, I just remember, you know, I was doing my best ball. You know, that's my addiction on there. I'll just sit, you know sit on there all day and do best ball drafts. And he was going as like the wide receiver thirty five like at one point in the preseason I was like geez I was just like just DK Metcalf DK Metcalf DK Metcalf I was like give give me that and then Tyler Lockett was just as automatic as a as like the wide receiver 48 you know what I mean just like bottom wide you know um so yeah the, the Seattle offense really ended up paying off this year you know I think we'll see what happens this year you know I almost think you know we could see a little bit of regression back down to the mean for Geno Smith and maybe you know the Seattle offense isn't doesn't like continue these strides next year but we'll see what happens i do expect dk metcalf to be good regardless and certainly get his uh, next man up here we did talk about him a little bit earlier but i figured we'd give him his own section jerry judy Uh, like i was saying wide receiver 11 since week seven uh, put up a 67 reception 972 yard and six touchdown uh line for the year um yeah route running technique just a tactician out there um you know this is a guy who you know just look remember if you remember his draft profile people were like man you know safest wide receiver in the draft the guy who you know he's going to be playing for sure for 10 years in this league you know so he just had incredible talent and then for some reason you know people just hated him after his rookie year after an 870 yard rookie you know i didn't have don't have it written down here just a, you know he had he had he had struggled with some drops Yeah. yes that was true and you know but people ran way too far with that in my opinion he he was, I think, very good as a rookie. Second year, he had a high ankle sprain and was playing with Drew Locke and Tate Bridgewater. I, I think you can just toss that whole year out the window. And then last year, he was the only productive member of the Denver offense for the second half of the season. So, yeah, I, I think Jerry Judy's a great buy. You know, it's it, obviously it's year four, so you know we haven't seen great fantasy production yet. So fantasy manager recency bias, so they're done with him already. But yep. yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be buying him up, especially in wide receiver three territory. Absolutely
1: yeah I, and, and to go back to that rookie year he did have some drop issues he also had the most uncatchable ball rate in the entire nfl his rookie season so for targets to him most of them weren't even catchable i think it, it, i forget what percentage it was it was like 36 percent or something like that of targets towards him were just uncatchable there's no way that he was catching the ball so that's the kind of talent that he's been working with at the quarterback position i don't care how bad russell wilson was this year He's definitely better than Teddy Bridgewater and, and Drew Locke. So Jerry Judy, 10th in the NFL this season in yards per route run with 2.22. Eighth in the NFL in slot percentage at 54.1%. I did a slot wide receiver thread on Twitter because the the, the argument for Jackson Smith and Jigba is that he won't be a perennial talent in the NFL because he's strictly a slot receiver. Uh, nine, out of the 12, t- nine out of the top 12 wide receivers in PPR to finish the year. Played a majority of their percentage in the slot. Justin slots Jefferson. Like the
0: slots like the new cheat code, actually. I would, mm-hmm. say, I would say the opposite.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Justin Jefferson played 29% of his snaps in the slot. He scored 67% of his points in the slot. So you're talking about a significant competitive advantage for a top receiver like Jerry Judy going up against a nickel corner, maybe even a safety sometimes, possibly even a linebacker. Uh, that has to cover him in the slot. is just not going to happen. He was 16th in yak with 416 yards and fourth in yards after the catch per reception and 16th in a dot and third in yards after the catch on passes of 20 yards or more. So you're talking about a guy that he is probably a low end wide receiver one that you're able to buy for low end wide receiver two right now if he stays healthy for a full season, but we just talked about his points per game. He's good when he plays. It's just a matter of, can we keep him on the field for 17 games? So that'll
0: be the question. Um, And yeah, you know, I I, I think obviously Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, I think will probably be the, even the biggest one, you know, just how, how is Sean Payton and Russell Wilson going to work together? Have is Russell Wilson actually cooked or, you know, was this last year just an anomaly? Uh, I do think Russell Wilson's best days are certainly behind him, but, you know, I think he can get it together. You know, I, you know, last year, I just don't know what, you don't never, you never know what's going on in people's personal lives. You know what I mean? Like these people are, you know, the NFL players are people too. I know it's a cheesy line, but you know what I mean? Like what, what was going on with Russ, you know, what last year, you know, maybe his head wasn't fully into it. He just made a big move. You don't, you never know how that affects people, you know, first year in, you know what I mean? So hopefully, you know, things are a little bit more settled down for Russell Wilson this year. So I think Jerry Judy's going to have a big year. Next man up I have here is Stefan Diggs, though and you know this is another kind of cheating old wide receiver you know whatever but i you know i can't help myself when i see a 29 or 30 year old wide receiver in the top 10 in dynasty rankings i just have to sell you know sell 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 um and you know what and actually you know i am a guy who gets out you know i'm i you know it kind of probably to my detriment a little bit in dynasty but i always like you know 28 year old wide receiver i'm always like i got to get out now you know what i mean like i i want full value for him so you know i try to catch out for like three two or three first round picks so you know obviously in 25 plus dynasty leagues, I'm not even sure if I have a share of Stephon Diggs just because he's you know he's at that range for me. Like I just like I I just shove people out the door when they kind of hit that 20 29 year old age range. But yeah, ninth season in 2023, outside the top uh, 30 wide receivers six six times I think I have here. And although he finished as the wide receiver four, I think he had like a crazy four game stretch from weeks 13 through 17 or somewhere in that four weeks where we finished like outside the top 40 wide receivers each yep. time. Um, yeah, it just wasn't quite the same after that Josh Allen elbow injury. And, you know, he's, he has a lot of miles for even a 29 year old. This man's been playing in the NFL for a long time. I remember when I first, my first year playing fantasy football, I, well, like I, I played when I was a little bit as a kid, but my first year, like actually like I'm getting into fantasy football this year, Stefan Diggs was in his first or second year. And I remember him having him on my team. So, you know, he's playing, he's been playing a long time. He has a lot of ter- uh, tread and uh, no, not a lot of tread on those tires, I should say so. You know what? Do you, what are you doing with Stefan Dick Should we, we be writing him out, considering how productive he is?
1: So he's under contract until twenty twenty five. Um, so that that keeps him with Josh Allen for what the next two seasons at least. Um,
0: probably with the, you know, you never know how with NFL contract, but but probably you're right. Yeah.
1: Um. So, like I mentioned before, I'm I'm big into the Devi. I just made a Devi trade this week, actually. Uh, I tanked, so I, I traded all all of like my players that were had any worth to competitive teams, and I ended up gathering a pretty good amount of youth from from this class. So, I wanted to get a, what I viewed as like a sure wide receiver one for next season. So I went out and traded for for Stephon Diggs, and I traded Quentin Johnston and Zay Flowers to do it. Um, so I do. So he's he's going in like the like the early to mid third round in dynasty startup drafts, which I think is a perfectly fair place for him to go. He, he goes after Jalen Waddle and Garrett Wilson and Amon Ross St. Brown, which is fine. I'm I'm OK with valuing those guys more considering they're six, seven years younger in some some instances than Stefan Diggs. But um, yeah, I'm. I'm fine paying like a first round pick for Stefan Diggs. I don't have, I don't have any problem w- with that really. Cause I think I for the can't. next two years, he's still going to be a wide receiver one. So I'll, I'll take the discount.
0: You're probably right. And you know, I, that's maybe to my detriment in dynasty leagues, but I can't help it. No, I'm like, if I can get a 20, if I can get a first round pick for Stefan Diggs, yeah. Let me re-roll. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, what if you get them? What if you get a Stefan Diggs? You know what I mean? So that's always where my head's at. Uh, I look at that Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins in the late first round a couple couple years ago. You know what I mean? Like, man, like you know, give me a first round pick for Stephon Diggs. You can get even like a higher, mid for like a mid first round pick yeah. for Stephon Diggs, even. So, like I just yeah, said, you
1: Quentin Johnston for him. So that's that's like a one hundred and five to like one hundred and eight range for him. And then Zay Flowers on top, so it's also like a second round pick probably.
0: You, you just never know when that floor that floor is can fall, is falls out so quickly though. You know what I mean? Like DeAndre Hopkins f- fantasy value. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Top five wide receiver wide receiver three value, you know what I mean? It just, it happens so fast, but you know, they're not running back quick, but man, like as soon, as soon as they're 30 and they start showing decline, that's it. You know, that's it for forever. Almost. They get hurt or, you know, the uh, productivity drops for one season and almost it never recovers. So, yep. you know, just Stefan Diggs is almost getting to the point, you know, it's just like, man, like this is when, you know, he's been doing it for so long. Not many players play pro bowl level for 10 years. That's a long time. You know what I mean? So, we're, you know, he's kind of getting into unicorn territory at this point. So, you know, I I'd like, like I said, I'd like to jump out a little bit early as opposed to a little late. Um, and, you know, and when, when Steph, uh, Stefan Diggs is 30 next year, you know, in, in the 2024 off season um, I do think, you know, he probably won't have significant value. So, you know, I'd like to take advantage of now, obviously, you know, you, you're having a, a niche market here, you know, you're not gonna be able to sell them to anybody who's rebuilding or, you know, there's a lot of dynasty managers like me who are very ageist. So, you know what I mean? So you'll, you'll have, you won't be able to sell them to everybody, but yeah, I'll be shopping to those contenders. And, you know, um, I like
1: it. Yeah. You got to get, you got to get out early sometimes before it's, it's way too late. Like if you, if you're stuck (sighs) with like Ezekiel Elliott, for example, like you're not getting, you're not getting anything for Ezekiel. Yeah.
0: Like, you just ride him out. Like once you hit that point, like I always tell people, like there's a certain point you hit, like, like next off season, for example, like Stefan Diggs might just be worth writing out at that point. Cause he'll be 30 years old. Nobody will probably be paying a lot of value for him. So, you know, like Derrick Henry, for example, you know, I bought him for, uh, uh, Chris, you know, uh, it doesn't look so great now. I thought I got him for a bargain. I sent Christian Watson in a second round pick for him last off season. Uh, you know, that Christian Watson ended up making me pay for that a little bit, but. uh I, uh, you know, Derrick Henry. I'm not chopping Derrick Henry this off season. It's just like, who, who are they going to give me a second round pick for Derrick Henry No, I'll just, I'll just roll out there, hope it, you know, until until the wheels fall off. So, yeah. But uh, I know you have a kid, so I, you know, I, I know you're going to have to deal with that. We're we're probably on borrowed time as is right now, anyway, without a chi- you know child and crying in the background. So, I'm going to do one more name here. We'll save the couple tight ends for another time, you know, no, no, you know what? Honestly, guys, save your, save your breath with the tight ends. We, you know, you should Travis Kelsey. And then, you know what, just get the last guy (laughs) in the draft after that. So, you know, it's a, it's a freaking disaster every year. So last name I have up here is Jamison Williams, just the forgotten man, you know, recency bias for these fantasy people. Uh, This was the 12th pick in last year's draft had, you know, had a giant touchdown in the last week or the second last week to the regular season and get uh, called back, uh, You know, coming off an ACL, didn't play most of the year. I don't think, you know, those final six games was just getting his feet wet. I don't think there's anything to take away from a slow five, six games where he didn't play for most of the season. And yeah, he's a 12th pick. You know, he's going, he's in wide receiver three territory and a lot of dynasty leagues right now. Yeah, he's a big buy for me. Late 23 first, I just sent the 111 for him in a super flex. That's, that made me a little nervous. You know, I I don't, I might end up regretting that, but I I just wanted another Jameson Williams share. But yeah if i could send the 112 more two one is probably somewhere i'd be a little bit more comfortable sending that pick but joe mixon i would trade traylon burks for jameson williams i prefer jameson williams as the as a better player in my opinion so those were some of my thoughts what do you think
1: jerry judy or jameson williams who do you want
0: that is really tough give me Jerry judy barely barely
1: so Jamison Williams is being valued at wide receiver 17 right now and keep trade cut. He's typically going in the middle. That's higher than I
0: thought. That's higher than when I I was looking before, that's higher than I thought.
1: And that for that reason, I think he's a sell for me because if I could get like a Chris Godwin, Jerry Judy, Michael Pittman, Debo, Iuke, all those guys plus for Jamison Williams. And like you said, he played six games, so you can't knock him necessarily for playing six games, but he had one catch in the six games. He had like the one end around carry granted. The one catch was a 41 yard touchdown. So that's what you think that you're going to be getting out of Jameson Williams, the, the ability to break the big play. He had the Packers touchdown. They got called back for a penalty. And then he had the New York jets play where he probably should have caught a touchdown, but it was under thrown, but we don't get points for those. You know, they don't count. So he had one catch in six games. So is he just going to be like a big play guy that he could win you a week like Will Fuller, but. Then there's other weeks where he just disappears off the face of the earth, and he gets you like five points in your in your flex or your or your wide receiver three. I don't, he's a very talented player. I'm not saying he's not. Like you said, he's the, he was a 12th pick in the in the draft last year. I just don't know if I could pass up on taking a proven commodity at the wide receiver position for the price point that you have to pay to get Jamison Williams right now. I do like the 111 for him though. I would trade the 111 for Jamison Williams. I just don't know if I would if I would take Jamison Williams over those guys that I had just listed and if I could get something on top of those guys for Jamison Williams.
0: You know that, yeah, that's, that's a pretty aggressive ranking. You know, if, if it's wide receiver 17, you know, I, I went out where I was at wherever site I was on, maybe it was fantasy pros, dynasty rankings or something. He was a maybe wide receiver 23 or 24 or something okay. like that. So that's a little bit more of an approachable point for me. Wide yeah. receiver 17, you actually might be right. If, it, you know, if that's where people were holding his value, that that's, that's a little heavy for me. That is in Chris right. Godwin territory. So, you know, I do think he's more of in that, Wide receiver two borderline, like I said, right next to kind of Traylon Burks, but I would take Jamison Williams ahead of Traylon Burks. You know, some of the guys that you listed, I would prefer Jamison Williams to Brandon Ayuk personally. Um, that's aggressive. You know, I'm just not. You know, it's just something, it just makes me nervous. I know Brandon Ayuk had a very good season. Uh, you know, just kind of a low key, very productive season, but it's just, you know, with, the, with Trey Lance probably starting, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle locked up for the next couple of years. It's just, I just have a hard time trusting Ayuk. And, yeah. you know, and Jamison Williams, Michael Pittman is also very close for me. Mm, you know, that's a very even, you know, I probably have them back, like very close to back to back in my ranking. So, you know, that's that, those are question marks for me.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, and again, it's not to say that he's not a talented player, but when you could provide more value to your team and get multiple assets for one asset and they're fairly similar assets, I'll take the side with more value every single time and make my roster better. So, that's smart
0: yeah yeah you know what you brought you brought in some a lot of great stats today man you know, i learned some things today so i really appreciate that it's been great having you on t- t- tell us about what you're working on coming up where can we find some of your stuff
1: so you can find me on twitter at jcj dynasty i'm the director of content over at dynasty domain so on twitter it's at domain dynasty we put out youtube videos every week probably like three or four we're doing a lot of rookie content right now and we have a locals page uh so for 2.99 a month You get access to our Discord. You ask for trade advice. We have Devi rankings. We have our ADP tool. So you could see where these assets are going in rookie draft, or excuse me, not rookie drafts, but startup mock drafts. And you could kind of compare. We don't have a trade analyzer, but if you're looking at startup value, where these guys are being drafted, that's more or less telling you how the market views these players. So yeah, you don't have like your keep trade cut tool to where you throw like a guy in, you shoot, you get like a grade back or like what's the value. But if you go to our spreadsheet, put in wide receivers from the 2021 class or whatever, the 2022 class, you could see that Jameson Williams is being valued like two rounds higher than Traylon Burks. So stuff like that. It's a really, it's a really cool tool where we just implemented points per game. So you could see that as well, because we're, we're big points per game as opposed to overall points and stuff like that. It's, It's like a little archaic to just give just total points and not put any context behind it well
0: well in classic in classic fantasy analyst terms you you use whatever benefits you in your argument absolutely you know so you use fantasy points per game if that that's the you know if that helps your player that you're arguing for and you use total finish if that's what helps Mm
1: -hmm, absolutely i like giving (laughs) i like giving the stats behind it because at the end of the day i'm a guy sitting in a room right now with a lamp behind me um i'm no more of an expert than anybody else sitting out there i just try to take useful information and package it together so it's it's accessible to people that may not have the time to or the wherewithal to get all this information together and give a coherent argument as to which side you should want or stuff like that so i just love doing it just it's yeah. fun
0: yeah it's been good yeah like i've been i've been creating content a year now and you know it just it took off a lot quicker than i thought it would you know and I've, you know, I've, can't, yeah, I've started making this a part time job and everything now. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, it's and uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, though. Like you said, it's been it's always a it's, a it's a great job. You know, we do it for free. So, you know, I was doing it for free for a long time. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, it was great having you on there. I had to double check and see if I put in that J, last J on that JCJ Dynasty. I was up. I was you know, I was doing this right when I got off work last night, throwing this YouTube video together you know, and the Twitter, you know, and. I, I did. I put, I put the right Twitter name. It's not, I do, I've messed up Twitter handles in the past before. So yeah, um, that's it, was, right. it was, <laughs> I appreciate that. It was great having you on though, JC. Thank you so much. Um, you can check our stuff out. You know, I'll be doing this every, this podcast every Sunday, Doing mainly dynasty, but you know, as we get into April, we be doing some best ball when we start doing that, um, doing a, doing an article every week for SGPN as well and doing a couple of articles for the right way sports network. So But thank you for joining us, everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend, and I will see you on Super Bowl Sunday. Have a great
1: weekend. Go Chiefs.
0: Thank you. Go Chiefs.